So come on, let's get into it. I'm going to uh, read this to us. If you're following along, it's Judges uh, chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. It says this. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah. I don't know if it's Oprah, but we're going to go with Oprah. We're going to go with Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssinian, while his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to hide from the Midianites. So this is what we see. We see that the angel of the Lord Jesus is coming to Gideon. Now Gideon is an Israelite. Um, he is living with all the other Israelites. And in this time in history, the Israelites are being bullied by the Midianites. That because of their rebellion, um, it says that in the Bible that God has given them over to the Midianites. And, and anything that they tried to do, any advance that they tried to make, any, any crop that they tried to grow, that the Midianites were always there to cut them down, to cut them off, to put them in their place. The Midi what the Midianites are doing right now is they're being bullies. They're bullying the Israelite people. Gideon has the mindset of, of I have a bully in front of me. And, and here's Jesus. Here's God coming to Gideon. And this is what he says as Gideon is threshing the wheat. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. This is Gideon's response. Back, go down to verse 15. Pardon me, my Lord? Escuchame, Jesus? Like what? Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. These are the words of someone that's being bullied. These are the words that, that is someone that's standing up in front of, of a Goliath. In the, in the Old Testament, uh, Goliath, he was, he was a bully that was trying to bully the Israelite people. And David came up against Goliath and said, who is this Philistine that, that, that he would call us out, that he would come against our God? There's a bully in front of Gideon. And listen to what it's causing him to confess. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. You're not too bullied to build. God is coming to Gideon and saying, Gideon, I've chosen you. I've chosen you to go up against the Midianites. I've, I've chosen you to be victorious. You are a mighty man of valor. Gideon, I've chosen you. But listen to the words that the bully has convinced Gideon to say to himself and to say out of his mouth, who am I? You may be wondering today, you may have been even saying to yourself today, who am I? Who am I to build my family? Who am I to build in faith? Who am I to build in holiness? Who am I to build this business, to start this thing? Who am I to do it? Listen, that's the voice of a bully. That's the voice of the bully that's trying to stop you from doing the very thing that God has called you to do. God has called you to greatness. He has called you to build your life. He's called you to build his church. And there's a bully in front of us today that's trying to stop us from doing the very thing that God has called us to do. But you are not too bullied to build. You're not too bullied to build. The devil tries to come, and he tries to bully you by, with two things. He tries to bully you with shame, and he tries to bully you with lies. The devil describes the Bible as being uh, the father of lies, that he is that roaring lion that comes to, um, to seek, to kill, and destroy anyone that he can, anyone that, that he can. He is the devourer. He is the accuser. He is the accuser. And he does this with two things. He does this with lies, and he does this with shame. 
You hear the lies of the enemy in Gideon's voice when Gideon is, is partnering with the lies of the bully. You hear the shame. Who am I to do this? How, how could I ever come against this? How could I ever defeat the Midianites? The enemy comes. The bully comes with two things. He comes with shame and he comes with lies. The bullies come to make you feel small. Bullies come to make you feel small. Um, you may, uh, this may be hard for you to believe. Um, but in the scenario of the bully and the bullier, the, recep- the recipient of being bullied, um, I was not the bully in, uh, in middle school. I know you're shocked by that. Like, uh, I know that surprises you. And, um, and in high school, um, if bullies come to make you feel small, um, I definitely was not small in high school. Um, you know, my family was going through a lot, and I ate my emotions, and usually that came in the form of a family-sized bag of Doritos. So I was not really small um, per se in, in middle school. And... Um, uh, I'm just gonna call him out. There was this one uh, bully. His name was Tanner. Tanner's such a classic bully name, right? Tanner is a classic bully name. He got spiky hair, freckles. No, if you got spiky hair and freckles and blonde hair, that's fine. Um, he had them, and he was he was a bully. Um, but I remember I remember uh, this kid, and 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 I was not small. But in the face of a bully, you feel small. <laughs> in the face of a bully, you feel insignificant. You feel like you don't matter. You feel like you have nothing to give. You feel like, who am I to believe that there's greatness inside of me? Who am I to believe that there's bigness inside of me? In Genesis, uh, there's this woman, Hagar, and Hagar was also bullied. She was bullied by Sarah. She was bullied by her circumstance, by her situation, and um, something went down, and and she she ran away. She ran out of the house where, where she had just been bullied, and she's weeping. She's crying. She's calling out to God. And this is what, uh, this is the first time that God has ever referred to as this. It's in Genesis 16, 13. Uh, It says that Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. I know the bully has come. The bully has come to try to make you feel small. The bully has tried to come to make you feel insignificant. The bully has come to try to use lies to make you feel like you're not seen. You have a God who sees you. You have a God that sees your gifts, that gave you your talents. You have a God that sees your pain, that sees your circumstance, that sees how long you've been crying out to him, that you have a God that sees you. Just like Hagar says it here in the face of her bully. I know I'm in pain. I know I'm in turmoil, but I have a God who sees me. The bully comes to try to make you feel small, but there's greatness inside of you. There's bigness inside of you. Maybe no one has ever told you you're great. Maybe no one has has ever told you you're amazing. You're called to more than you think. You're called to great, incredible, big things in your life. The bully comes to try to make you feel small, but we have a God who is big and who has placed greatness inside of you. It's not just what he's called you to. It's who you are. It's your identity. You are great. You are great. You are great. God has called you to greatness. He's called you to bigness. The bully comes. The bully also comes to make you feel like you're never going to be strong. The bully comes to try to make you feel like you'll never be strong. And what this is, this is shame. The bully comes and tries to use shame to say you'll never overcome that sin. That thing that no one knows about, you're always going to have it. That thing that placed you in this situation to where now you don't have money, you don't have relationships, you, you, you feel like you've been outcast, that's always going to be the reality. Wow. The enemy, the bully comes and uses shame to make you feel like you're weak, to make you feel like you'll never be strong. 
uh, like I said, I'm a dad, and we take our, because uh, I'm a good dad, I take my kid to the park um, so we can go and uh, run and play. Uh, and at the park, there's uh, there's this merry-go-round. Now, there's old-school merry-go-rounds, the ones that are like the big ones where um, you can fit like a lot of people on it. Those are great. Um, now they have this new uh, new and improved extra puke-worthy merry-go-round thing where you kind of just sit into it. It's kind of like at an angle, and it just is for one person. Yes, I've gotten stuck in them before. And you just spin, 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 spin. This is the perfect visual for what shame is. Shame is that thing that keeps you going round and round and round and round. And you think that shame is going to get you to holiness. You think if I just feel bad enough, if I just feel bad enough about myself, if I just have enough regret, if I just have enough, if I can just make myself feel gross and bad, then I'll never do this again. Do not believe the lie that shame is the vehicle to holiness. Jesus Christ is the only vehicle to holiness. Only by his blood, only because of his sacrifice, only because of what he did for you and I on the cross could we ever attain holiness could we ever attain salvation shame will never get you where you want to go it is that lie that keeps you going around around is some some people call it the sin cycle that I mess up I did the wrong thing and I feel bad about it and because I feel bad about it I need to I need to anesthetize myself I need to numb myself so I'm going to sin again and I'm going to feel bad about it but then I need to numb myself so I'm going to sin and I'm going to feel bad about it we got to break the cycle today. We have to stand up to the bully of shame that's going to try to keep you down, that's going to try to keep you in a place where you don't think that you're strong enough, that you don't have what it takes. I'm going to read, it's Romans 8, 1, 2, 4. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation now. That now is just not now because we have a God that is outside of space and time. That now is for your past and that now is for your future. That now is for the very moment in which you sin. That now is for the very moment when you were feeling the shame and the regret. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did, not, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful nature. You have to understand. You have two things happening in you. There's a sinful nature, and then there is the nature of, of Christ when you got saved. There's a sin nature that you and I, no matter how hard we try, we were born with it. We don't have to try to sin. We're just naturally good at it. I'm really good at sinning. It's just kind of what I do. You and I are like this. We have the sinful nature, but then we also have the nature of Christ. We have the nature of Christ that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you and I have to realize that life is not this destination. It's this journey. It's this pilgrimage of I am saved and I'm being saved. That I am holy, made holy, but I am becoming holy. We have to realize that we have two things happening within us. And Paul says that the two things kind of war against each other. And the bully is going to try to come and say, you're only your sinful nature. You will always have your sin. You're never going to overcome it. The thing that your dad struggled with, the thing that your grandpa struggled with, that's now what you're going to struggle with. It's what your kids are going to struggle with. That's the lie of the bully. That's the lie of shame. That we have a spirit in us. The spirit of an overcomer. The spirit is within me that is causing me to say that, I can stand up to the bully of shame. I don't have to repeat the same thing that was done in my past. I actually have a new future that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. I think we should thank Jesus because it's only because of Jesus that we have the Spirit. Bullies come 
and they make you feel like you're all alone. Bullies come and they make you feel like you're all by yourself. Once the bully has, has lied to you to say that you're small, once the bully has made you feel ashamed that you're never going to be strong, the bully is going to try to make you feel like you're all alone. He's going to try to make you feel like no one's on your side. He's going to try to make you feel like um, that you are somehow the exception to the rule of grace. That somehow grace is good enough for everyone, but it's not good enough for you. That forgiveness is big enough for everyone, but forgiveness is not big enough for you. That's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the bully. You can't believe that God is good to everyone, but he's not good to you. You can't believe that God saves everyone and he doesn't condemn everyone, but he condemns you. You either believe it or you don't. So how about today we stand up to the bully? How about today we say, I'm going to believe God. That when he says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I love what we've said. uh, Pastor Chad said it. I said it in the welcome. You did not come to a service today. You came to a community, a community that fully understands that we have a sinful nature and we have the nature of Christ within us, a a community that fully understands that we are on a pilgrimage to holiness. We are on a pilgrimage to heaven and that we don't have it all together. We'll never have it all together, but we have each other and we have a savior. So you came to a community today. You are not alone. You are not alone. The bully's in front of you. He's trying to lie to you. He's trying to keep you in that shame cycle. You are not facing that bully by yourself. You have your church with you. You have your community with you, and you have your Savior with you. Listen to what, listen to what Jesus says to Gideon in Judges 6, 16. The Lord answered after Gideon put up his rebuttal against why he could not do and build the thing that God had called him to. Jesus says to him, the Lord uh, answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Jesus is with you. You may have felt alone. Other people may have left you. Jesus has not left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are not alone. You have more than you think. There's more people that are for you than against you. There's more people that are care that care about your future than don't care about your future. There are people that are with you today. Do not believe the lie of the bully that says that you are on your own. You are not on your own. Come on, can we thank Jesus that he is with us today? So we kind of talked about, you know, what what the bully comes to do. But I want to as we finish up here, I want to I want to uh, encourage us with what Jesus has come to do. Because we have, we, have a, we have a bully in front of us. We have an uh, accuser in front of us. Um, but the best thing, the only thing that the bully can do is try to intimidate you. It's the only thing that he has. He has lies. He has shame. That's all he's got. Because we know that there is truth. And we know that there is no condemnation. So we've already canceled those two things. We already know that he's the father of lies. So why would you believe a liar? Don't believe a liar. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Don't believe a liar. We know that he is a liar. We know that he is an accuser. We also, but we do have a savior. We have a savior that is with us, that is for us. And he has an answer to everything that the bully is coming, coming against you with today. So we're going to go through these, um, these three things that Jesus has come to do today. And I want to look at, um, as we finish up here, I want to look at the life of Peter. Now, Peter was uh, one of the boys. He was one of uh, Jesus' guys here uh, when he was on earth, one of his disciples um, with a Z, if you were. I don't know if maybe in the chat just put the boys. Um, But he was one of the guys, and uh, he was with Jesus throughout his ministry. He was with Jesus um, up until all the way through the crucifixion, all the way through when Jesus was resurrected. He was with Jesus. 
And when Jesus was headed to the cross, um, about to be crucified, about to give up his life for you and for me, he tells Peter, he tells Peter, yo, Petey, come here. I'm about to be arrested. I'm about to be taken. This thing's about to go down. And you're going to deny you even know me three times. He's, uh, Jesus tells him, before the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. And of course, right, if one of your boys comes to you and is like, hey, dog, you're, gonna, like, you're about to do me wrong. You're, what are you going to do? You're like, no, 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 I would never. Like, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm for you. Like, uh, but Jesus is like, no, it's okay. You're going to deny me three times. And, and as it goes, Jesus was crucified, and Peter did deny him three times. And after this, it says that in the very moment, in, in Luke, it says in the very moment that Peter denied him for the third time, it says that he lo- Peter looked up, and he caught the gaze of Jesus. And he realized that, oh, the thing that I said I was never going to do, I did it. How many times have, have you and I been in that kind of situation? God, the thing that I, I promised myself, I wrote it down, I, I, you know, I was at church camp, and I told my church counselor, that I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore, and then, and then, and then I will go back to school, and I do. How many times have you and I been in a situation where we, we feel like we broke a promise? And it says there, it says that after Peter catches the gaze of Jesus, that he went away and wept bitterly. Some of us today have, have, have cast ourselves out. We've excommunicated ourselves, excommunicated ourselves. Jesus hasn't done it. The community hasn't done it. We've done it to ourselves. We've removed ourselves from community. We've removed ourselves because we've believed a lie, because we've believed the shame. Peter, was, Peter went away weeping bitterly. But then when Jesus was resurrected, I love this, was Jesus, when Jesus was resurrected, he came to Peter. He showed up to Peter. And uh, it says that uh, Peter and, and, the, and Du Bois were fishing all night long, and they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus, after being resurrected, he shows up to them, and he says, uh, he, he tells them to cast their nets again. And, and they were like, no, we've already cast our nets. We, we've been fishing all night. Uh, there's nothing here. And, and they do it. They, they do it anyways. And they pull up a massive load of fish, a miracle uh, amount of fish. And in that moment, Peter realized, oh, this is this is not just a guy. This is Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And then after that, um, they go to shore, and, uh, and Jesus cooks them a meal. I don't know. if the, Do you think Jesus is a good cook? I, probably, probably. He's probably a good cook. He, Jesus cooks them a meal, and then he has this moment with Peter. He has this, this redemption, beautiful moment with Peter. When he asks him, Peter, do you love me? So there's three things here, three things that Jesus came to do for Peter, three things that Jesus is coming to do for you and I. Number one is this, Jesus is establishing your identity. Jesus is establishing your identity. Listen to this, in John 21, 3, 6, Peter says, I'm going to go to fish. And, and the other guy said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but the night But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net because of the large number of fish. Listen, you may not know the Bible. That's, that, no worries. That's, that's great. We're glad you're here. But, the, but if you do, you know that this, this sounds very familiar. Because Jesus called Peter in the exact same way that he re-showed up to Peter after the resurrection. When Jesus called Peter to be his disciple, he showed up to him. He preached in his boat. And then he said, Peter, let's go out. Let's go out a little bit. And I want you to put your net down. And Peter said, 
Jesus, we've, 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 all night we fished. All night we fished and we caught nothing. And Jesus says, cast your net. He casts his net and he, they can't even pull in the amount of fish. I cannot help but appreciate the parallel, the, 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 how closely these two stories are. That The same way that Jesus calls Peter is the same way that Jesus restores Peter. I think that Jesus was doing this. I think that Jesus was showing up to Peter to tell him, listen, I know you messed up. I know you said you weren't going to do it, but you did it anyways. But it does not change who you are. It does not change what I've called you to. It does not change how much I love you. It doesn't change what I've called you to build, your life and the church. I cannot help but appreciate the parallel here that Jesus is here with Peter and he's telling him that nothing has changed. I, your identity has not changed. The bully is trying to convince you so hard today that your identity is in the balance, that your identity is based on your performance. Your identity is based on your past. Jesus came to redeem you. Jesus came to restore you. And he came today to tell you that no matter what you've done, no matter what has been done to you, no matter what's in your past, no matter what might be in your future, nothing has changed. You still have the identity of a son, of a daughter, of the most high called of God. Jesus came to Peter to establish his identity. You know how um, uh, Mary, when people, two people in, in the movies, when like they go through a hard time and, and um, to kind of reconcile, usually it's the husband, he'll recreate kind of like the proposal or he'll recreate the wedding to kind of like bring them back together to remind them of, of, of the vows and, and of their love. This is what Jesus is doing with Peter. He's reminding him nothing has changed. He's establishing his identity. The second thing that Jesus comes to do, Jesus came to restore Peter's soul. It says that after, after uh, Peter had got out of the boat, after he ran, jumped in the water and ran to Jesus, once he recognized who he was, it says that Jesus cooked them breakfast. He cooked them fish and he gave them bread. Jesus does not just want to establish their identity. Jesus knows that there's a wound that needs to be healed. Jesus knows that the bully has come and the bully has convinced you of a lie and the bully has kept you in shame. And that does not, that, that does not go down easy for your soul. <laughs> Someone can only take a bully for so long and your soul has been tampered with. Your soul has been, uh, has been broken and Jesus came to Peter to feed him. Do not, do not get it twisted. Jesus did not come to feed Peter's stomach. Jesus came to feed Peter's soul. Jesus, when he was giving him the bread, he wasn't giving him bread. He was giving him the bread of life. Jesus is that bread of life that when you eat of him, when you drink of him, it is that thing that is that living water that wells up within you, the water that causes you to never thirst again, to never want again. To, it's that quench, quench, quenching water that fills you. Jesus came to Peter, and Jesus is coming to you today to heal you from the wounds of the bully. To heal you. I don't know who that bully was. That bully could have been, uh, you know, like for me in middle school. Uh, that bully could be a parent. That bully could be a spouse. That bully could be a boss. I don't know who, I don't know who the bully is or was for you. Maybe that bully is just your own internal dialogue. You know that you can bully yourself. I don't, know, I don't know who that bully is for you, but Jesus is coming to restore your soul, to heal the wounds of the bully. And the last thing that Jesus does for Peter, he shows up to Peter, he reminds him, he, he establishes his identity. Jesus restores his soul, he feeds him, and then Jesus gives him authority. 
Jesus is giving you authority today. Jesus asks Peter after he feeds him, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Jesus. You know I love you. You know, I I can imagine he's not looking him in the eyes. You know, when you've messed up, eye contact is the hardest thing. Eye contact is hard anyways, and it's all we have right now because of the masks and and it's a struggle. But you know, when you've messed up or you've done someone wrong, you can't look him in the eyes. I imagine Peter is like, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know everything. You, you know that I love you, he says. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. Jesus came to establish your identity today. He came to restore your soul today. And he's here to give you authority. He's here to give you authority. I, I, you have to know this today. You have to know that you have authority in the name of Jesus, that there is no spirit, there is no stronghold, there is no amount of condemnation, there is no lie that is big enough, there is no bully, there is no Goliath that's standing in front of you, that you do not have the authority to take, the authority to overcome in the name of Jesus. Listen to this. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks Peter, he says, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The band can come. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that the revelation that you have is causing you, will cause you to have all authority. But our authority does not come from who we are. We, will, we cannot overcome the bully on our own. The authority does not come from our talents, our skills, our gifting. The authority comes through the revelation of Jesus. You are the son of God. You are the redeemer of the world, the one that comes to take the sin of the world. You are the one that has come to take the keys of death. That there was, There's no one besides you. You are God in flesh. You are God on a cross. You are God resurrected. That it is only because of our revelation of who Jesus is that now you and I have all authority we have all authority because we are under authority you only the authority that you have is determined by the authority that you're under so you may have today been like you know what I don't I've tried to fight this bully I've tried to come against the lies I've tried to come against the shame you cannot do it on your own because the authority that we have is not ours the authority that we have is because of Jesus it is because I'm under the authority of Jesus that I can say no to shame it's because I'm under the authority of Jesus that I can say no to condemnation that I can say no to generational curses that I can stand up for my family that I can stand up for my marriage I can stand up for my for my finances I can stand up for my future because of the authority of Jesus Christ you and I have authority today because we are under authority I'm under the authority of Jesus. I'm under the authority of my marriage, the mutual, the, the mutual authority, the mutual uh, submission that we have. I'm under the authority of my leadership. I'm under the authority of, uh, of, my, of my pastors. I am under authority, so I have authority. Some of us have not experienced authority because we've never submitted to authority. You want the authority of Jesus, but you won't submit to Jesus. We want the authority of heaven, but we are trying to live a different lifestyle. And the one that Jesus says is going to bring you abundant life. You're not too bullied to build today. You're not too bullied to build today. 
what God has called you to build, the business he's called you to start, the marriage that he's called you to step into, the purity and holiness that he's caused you in which to lead your life, to lead your children, to lead your family, to lead your friends, to build your church. You're not too bullied to build. I know the lies feel like it's the only true thing. I know the shame comes and it wakes you up in the night. You wake up feeling dirty. You go to bed feeling dirty. It doesn't matter how many showers you take, how many worship songs you listen to, you can't get the dirty out. Listen, because you can't do it on your own, but there is a one. There is one. His name is Jesus Christ, and it is under his authority that we can stand up to the accuser. It is under his authority that we can stand up to the one that's coming today to try to stop us, to try to slow us down. It's under his authority. It's under his authority. We have a bully, but we have a savior. We have a bully, but we have a redeemer. We have a bully, but we have one that came to sacrifice his own life for you and I. And we stand in his authority today. We take shelter in his wings today. We find peace in his presence today. Listen to this in Isaiah. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You have a bully, but you have a father. You have a savior that is here today. He's here to establish your identity. He's here to heal your wounds. And he's here to say, just submit to my authority so I can give you authority. You're stronger than you think you are. You're not weak, you're not small, and you're not alone. This is what the savior is saying to you today. So the best thing that we can do, you probably heard it in, uh, in uh, elementary school, your gym teacher, your PE teacher probably told you how to, how to uh, get over a bully, is you gotta stand up to a bully. I don't know what the bully is saying, saying to you today. I do know how shame feels though. And I do know the cycle of believing lies. I've believed lies for too long. I've given into shame for too long in my life but at some point you got to stand up to the bully so there in your home if you if you recognize I'm done I'm done because I can be I'm done because I can be done because I'm actually not too bullied to build would you stand? Maybe you're at home, maybe you're on your couch, maybe you're with a spouse, with your family. If you're saying today, you know what? I'm standing up to the bully. Just as a sign, just as a physical sign that's showing, you know what, enemy? You know what, bully? I'm not gonna take it laying down anymore. I'm not gonna roll over. I'm not just gonna give in. I know the authority that I have because of the authority that I'm under. I know that my identity is secure, is, is safe and sound in Jesus Christ. I know that God has healed me. I know that he's restored me. I know what that he saved me from what has been done to me and I'm standing up today to the bully I'm saying no more I'm not going to take it anymore we're standing up to the bully come on if that's you just put your hands out in front of you I'm going to pray for us today